And welcome to episode 97 of Frame Skip. We are one closer to episode 100, only three away. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined by Elijah, the PAX East man himself, Steel. How's it going, Elijah? You know, I'll take it. It's going all right. How about you? <laughs> it's going well. It's going well. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be recording this show. Same. It's been um, a rejuvenating week i guess i don't know it's been uh busy but exciting and so happy to pump that energy into this this episode i can tell you that's exactly how my past week has been as well <laughs> very exciting very busy very tiring so we wanted to start off today uh we're gonna just kind of bypass games we've been playing because uh frankly i i've just been playing more monster hunter rise and i i adored that game and there's nothing else i really have to add um but elijah for almost the past week, I guess, pretty much has been in Boston at PAX East. And so we wanted to kind of focus the main topic of this show on Elijah's experience at PAX and kind of his uh, his favorite games he played, what he saw, how the, the whole experience was. And so Elijah, I'll just kind of kick it over to you and we'll go from there. So another big thing I want to bring up with this is conventions are back. And this is really kind of the start of it again. Um, there have hasn't really been too many. I know New York Comic Con was last year, but there hasn't really been conventions to go to. So it's kind of starting back up again. And I want to talk about the state of the show. Yeah. It it was a smaller show this year, which was expected because it's still very people don't want to go like uh, companies don't want to go, which I totally get. And. It was a smaller show in general with the amount of attendees, again, because people just don't want to go, which I totally understand. I think what this is signaling, though, is I think next year it's going to be bigger because, you know, it, it it's going to end up with shows are back and stuff. People are going to see more normality in this new state of normalcy we have. and it's going to just start ramping up again. So did they, did they have a PAX East last year? I can't remember. No, there was no PAX East. And the PAX East the year beforehand literally was like the start. That's right. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I thought there had been one kind of during the pandemic and I forgot that that was like right as everything was unfolding. Yeah. So because I remember the like first lockdowns happened on March 20th. Yeah. 2020 and i came home from pax like march 1st or 2nd yeah so like that um, was the last thing you know one thing i thought was interesting and i mean i was expecting this from a big show but it kind of walked me through like what what precautions were they taking i saw that you had said everybody was masked i was just kind of curious so, how they were dealing uh, with it with that many people first orders yes like you said i everybody was masked it was a requirement um there was you know how at the show before you could sit along the wall and, oh, I have a snack, eat the snack and that. This time it was no. There are designated eating areas. If you have a snack, you go there. They can't stop you from drinking water, but like snacking is a no. Um, so only designated areas can you have it off for eating, su- such as that. Otherwise, mask on at all times. And the other thing is they use an app called Clear, which basically has you go on 
and set up this is the event and you know choose pax east uh put your information your picture uh your vaccine card you have to take a picture of it basically it has to say okay yes this person is vaxxed you have to enter your information and such and it will have like a green like it'll basically have a green thing saying okay this person is good to go and the first day we got in line and walked up and they had people checking okay your clear thing is good to go checking your picture like oh yeah they had me pull down my mask to make sure hey it's me and then they put a green uh, wristband thing on, basically, that said PAX. And that was your thing saying, hey, this person's good to go for the show. So every day after that, in the morning, there would be two lines. One to go in for that and one that bypassed that and goes right to bag check. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I was just kind of curious how they were tackling that. I hadn't really thought about the the snacking uh, yeah. dilemma with the masks and whatnot. But no, I mean, I'm... That's awesome, though, that they're at least they've got a somewhat efficient way to to kind of deal with, you know, the, the world that we live in now. And it's um, one of those things that made me say, you know, because, you know, everything's dangerous right now. But like, there's yeah, no, of course, there's no way around that. But they're doing it in a way that makes me much more comfortable about it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and I was, I was going to say it, it makes me much more calmer about next year. I was just going to ask you, though, I mean, for you, because I know you were at the one in 2020, how does it feel to be back at PAX? I mean, after two years, I know you typically go every single year. Honestly, it felt so good because, you know, I, I've gone to PAX every year since 2013 now. And it just it felt almost like not home, but it felt like a comfort again. Because that was that's something I've been looking for forward to every year, and I couldn't last year, and it was like, oh, dang. But then going again this year, it that is my vacation basically. Like I'm taking another vacation later in the year, but PAX is generally always my vacation, and it felt good to go there again because you know I I know the the map of the entire show by heart. I could tell you exactly where each theater is, stuff like that. So it's a very, it's a sense of calm and comfort in a way. I have never been much of an outspoken person, but actually going to PAX has helped me kind of break out of that shell a bit. Between going to PAX and streaming, I've become much more of a people person than I ever was before. And it's because going to PAX, you kind of have to be. Like, even if you're not, you you become one without even realizing. And it makes it nice because you can wear your N7 shirt. And that's probably the most normal attire in the place, which is great. No, and that's a great, like, explanation, too. I mean, I, I've only been to PAX East once in 2014. But, I mean, even now, eight years later, um, you know, I just posted something on social media the other day and uh, a good friend of ours, Sam, messaged me and I was just it made me think back to to PAX because we met him at PAX originally. Mm -hmm. um, he had I want to say he was in the Mario Kart 8 tournament was how we met him, if I'm recalling or Mario Kart 7 tournament, if I'm recalling correctly. I might it be wrong. Probably was. I don't remember at this point. Yeah. I feel like he was, but I, I might be totally mistaken. Um, but if I'm if I'm correct, I think we were we were all kind of sitting together during the Mario Kart Seven tournament, and I, 
that's just kind of how we met him. And, and, uh, like I said, he just happened to message me the other day and it's, it's, it's a great example of like, you know, the people you can meet at PAX and, oh, and yeah. the, the social experience that it is. I think it's, it's, it is a great experience and I would love to go back at some point. And like, uh, so I'll talk more about it then, but on Friday I was in line for an autograph and there are these two people next to me and it all started with him going, Hey, I like your shirt. Cause I was wearing my initial D shirt, one of my initial D shirts. And then we just started talking about anything and everything. And it was just such a good time finding these people to just talk about everything with. And it was great. And that like that in line, there was one of my highlights of the show. It's just such a good time for yeah. because everybody is into, even if it's not the same thing, it's the same thing in a way. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're all awesome. in the same sphere. Yeah. And like he was wearing his Jujutsu Kaisen shirt. So we started talking about that. And it, like it just, it, like I said, it is comfort. Yeah. Times have been crazy. And while it's not normal how it used to be, it is a sense of normalcy, which is a sense of comfort. Right. And it was the same way when football came back again for the first time ever since everything, because it was a sense of normalcy, a sense of comfort. And that's what PAX is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now I mean, it all feels like a big, big family. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, there are so many. We we were playing fun games, waiting in line. The the enforcers were out in their normal, very energetic selves. I could never do. I will never be an enforcer. Uh, but like we were playing games in line, and on the last, yeah, it was the last day because we were in line to watch the finale of the Omegathon. Uh. They were doing this game that I had played actually the day before in line for something else where the person would put a song on on a speaker and whoever raised their hand and answered first as to what it was from won. And on this last day, I won because within uh, uh, just over a second, I was like, Digimon. Because I heard just like that split second of the start and I'm like, oh, I got this. And like, that's that's the kind of stuff is like, uh, the one the day before someone won was a My Hero Academia song. And then like, you know, Skyrim, just everything like that. One was Assassin's Creed. Somebody got it right away. And it, it's just so fun to be around people like, I would I would never under like Assassin's Creed music. But that's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome that you're around people that that know all the answers to that. Exactly. It's amazing. It's amazing. So uh I went to some panels over the weekend. Uh, my mind is kind of blanking on some of them off the top of my head just because it's been a weekend. Um, one I had a really good time with was about, you know, getting into voice acting and everything such as that. And the panel hosts were Christian Lamont, who has done voices in many, many, many things. Uh, a lot of them from Atlas. And he actually started as like a tester and he talks about you know, his way up. And I don't know if that one is for sure. You can watch PAX panels. Um, I don't know if that's one of the ones that's up, but that was actually a really interesting and fun one. But the other person was Nicole Tompkins, who is the person I was waiting in line to meet that I was just talking about. Um, she, she's Jill in Resident Evil 3 Remake. She's Danielle and Elena in Resident Evil Village. And she's been in a whole bunch of things. And it was, it was just really fascinating hearing 
their stories of how they got into the industry, uh, different recommendations they have. It it was just it was super fascinating because that's something I'm very interested in. I went to one on guilty pleasures in gaming, which, you know, uh, for example, one of the big things that was brought up was backlogs. Um, another one somebody had was he doesn't play games for stories. So, like, if a game has a story, he'll just skip cutscenes, skip all dialogue, just just, just play it. And it, it, I know a few people like that, and that is like so crazy to me. But when I think about it, it's like I can get it. You know, yeah, like I, I, I play I totally a lot of understand. games just for the gameplay. You know, I think about like platformers and and even Monster Hunter. Like, I yeah. don't care about the story. So. That's interesting, though, that the guilty pleasures thing in general, that's a that's an interesting topic. Yeah, it was a really interesting way to look at it. Uh, probably one of the biggest panels for me was uh, psychology of Final Fantasy seven uh, trauma and recovery. And it was really interesting looking at some aspects of that. And like it actually at one point was like, oh, my second favorite Final Fantasy character ever. Yeah, I think I now understand why I like him so much, because in a way he deals with what I deal with, and I never pieced this together until now. And like it was just so fascinating hearing everything about that. The other big thing wasn't so much a panel, but I was waiting in line for an autograph, was I got to meet Kira Buckland, who is a voice in pretty much everything. Uh, our friend Chris when I, I sent him the picture, because I got a picture with her and everything, and I said, just look up Kira Buckland. You'll know something she's from. And he goes, <laughs> oh my god, her IMDB is so long, I didn't know it was go- it could be this long. Uh, she Yeah, she's in like literally everything. She's most known for being 2B in the near series. But she's in a ton of anime, a ton of games. Like In the last decade, she's done a ridiculous amount of stuff. But she she was just incredible. Nicole Tompkins meeting her. She was so fun. She was great. It I just met so many people here that. I never knew because I talked to Christian Lamont a little bit and I I just it was just so fun. They, They are just fun people. And the biggest thing you can tell they love what they do. They don't just do it to do it. They absolutely love it, which is the best part. That's interesting. Like, I've never really done any of that stuff like at conventions or anything as far as like meeting the actors or, you know, anything of that sort. So I've never really had that experience, but I've always been curious, like how how they um, portray themselves, you know, meeting them in person. But I guess I always think like if you're at something like PAX East, I, I feel like even though they're I'm sure making money off the, you know, autographs or whatever, um, you know, to an extent they're if they're there, they have to be dedicated and really care about like the things that they do and the community that they, I, I think that's my favorite part about, so, you know, New York comic con has all like the signings and everything also, but I feel like New York comic con is much more of a business thing. I feel like PAX is much more of a just love thing. Um, you know, like you said, they were, they had prints there that you could buy and have them sign or they, each had like, hey, if you just br- if you bring your own thing, I'll just sign them. Um, but yeah, like you could buy prints and that, but like you you could tell they just love what they do, and that was the best part. That makes me like these people even more because you know they're not just doing it to do it. But the other big thing for PAX this year was the show floor itself. 
it definitely had much more open space compared to years prior. But also, Intel had such a huge booth. It was, it was massive. It was so big. It ran like almost the entirety of the show floor. What did they even show? Was it just like PC? So uh, apparently they were showing three new PCs, like pre-built PCs off. And I guess you could like uh, pre-order them at the show or something like that. Uh, Also, they had like a little bit of a stage. So the last day we stood there a little bit and watched as they were doing 1v1 arena matches in Apex and did like a little tournament for that. Uh, But then just had like, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff like that. Uh, Everyone was there from discord to tiny build to focus which actually focus booth i loved um it was focus dot emu and i forget the name of the other company but it was like just another little one like that um even chernobylite was there for like the enhanced edition there were just so many booths there so many fun games and like i i picked my top five but also i played there was one called Plunder Panic, and it is a 4v4 or 6v6. Like You can set it up however we did 4v4. A uh, little party game. Uh, do you remember years ago when we played King of the Hats? I think you were there for that one. Uh, I don't remember. What is that? No, I don't know if I've played that one. Okay. Yeah, that, that might have been a year you weren't there then. Um, I was trying to remember. I don't remember what year that was. But it, it's just a little party game. And it's more of like, it's never a game you would play by yourself. Never. But we did four and then another station had four and it was just such a fun time. And games like that are part of what make packs so great. It's like, I would have never played this. Never. Like at no point would have I would I thought of, let me check this game out if it weren't for packs. And you know, there were games all over the show floor that uh, had me going, oh, this is actually really cool. The other thing is you can buy things. Yeah, I spent so much money when I was there in 2014. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like limited run was there. To which I went in saying, okay, I'm specifically looking for these couple things. So naturally, that got thrown out the window. Um, Because I'm like, I only want to get any FMV games they have. And I want to get that River City Girls box they have. So I get there and, oh, they don't have any FMV games. Well, I still want to get something else. Oh, Castlevania or uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Night 1 and 2. Or Curse of the Moon. Yes, Curse of the Moon 1 and 2. Yeah, I'll get those. Oh, and Valhalla, I've been wanting that for Vita, but since they don't have it right now, I'll get it for PS4. Oh, and I'll get this as well, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, that happened. And then I go over to Xseed, and I'm like, oh, they only have, like, one or two things I want. I might as well get these two Trails of Cold Steel's collector's editions as well while I'm here. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it it got bad. It got it happens though. It's so like everything is so alluring, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. (laughs) And and even uh why can I not remember the name of the booth? But they make uh uh Kotodama and Our World Is Ended, I think it's called. And I'm like, oh, I've been looking for Our World Is Ended. I'll buy that here. 
And it's like, I could probably get it cheaper if I went to GameStop or something. But also, I'm here. It's brand new. And I'm buying it. The biggest thing for me is half the time buying stuff right from the developer. Which I enjoy. So like, I finally got the horror game Ikai. Or Ikai, I don't know how it's pronounced. For PS5. And I bought it right from PM Studio. So I'm like, okay, I'm giving giving my money right to them. All right, yeah. You know, the they're getting the proceeds. Exactly, which I really, really enjoy. And that's part of it for me. Uh, the last day, also, I won a free Steam copy of Dead Cells just for watching somebody beat the, like, demo kiosk. Nice. They, they, they were doing a one-time thing on the last day. Uh, everybody watching when somebody beats the demo kiosk gets a free Steam key. That's awesome. That's and awesome. finally, someone did it about an hour before the show closed. That's a game I need to play at some point. I've never played that game. You absolutely do. I want to go back. Yeah, to it. I've heard it's incredible. But the biggest thing I want to talk about are the my five top games I played at PAX. And I'm saving my favorite two for last. One of them just. I can't believe this game exists. And I think you know exactly which one I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the cuddly one. Yes. Yes. Uh, so first off, I'm going to go with Have a Nice Death. This is actually being published by Gearbox. It's out now in early access on PC. Have a Nice Death is a 2D action roguelike where you play as an overworked death whose employees have run rampant, completely throwing off the balance of souls and his vacation plans. In order to restore order, you'll have to grab your trusty scythe and show your employees who's boss. It reminds me a lot of Hollow Knight. That's what, yeah. So Elijah, just for some context, Elijah sent me trailers for the games he's going to talk about uh, here. And that was exactly the same vibe I got with that trailer was Hollow Knight. That just really made me think of Hollow Knight a lot. Yeah, actually, uh, I went that. Oh, yeah, it's another panel I went to. I went to the Gearbox panel on Thursday. I forgot about that one. And that's where I first saw have a nice death and like this looks awesome yeah and then they had it at the booth the art style is incredible it really and, is i mean i don't know how it plays but just the trailer it looks so fluid like it, it like, is like really fluid like really well done gameplay it it was so fun and right away i'm like oh as soon as this thing is coming to consoles i'm buying it the day it comes out and that, that's the big thing for me uh the five i chose had me going oh i'm getting this when it comes out like uh, the second one is called Dolmen. Dolmen is a terrifying new action RPG that combines futuristic sci-fi and cosmic horror elements. Will your timeline be erased, or will you defeat your enemies to survive and fulfill your mission? Look, I'm not going to beat around a bush. This is a Souls game. Yeah, I was going to say that's what I got from the gameplay too. Hands down, the trailer. Playing it, Souls. playing it's just like, oh, the, the, this is a, this is a Souls clone. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's been some good good Souls clones. Yeah. So. So like that was the big thing for me. I, I, I came out. I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, it made me think a lot too. Just graphically and like the art style of uh, Returnal was kind yes. of like the vibe that I got. I mean, not at all the gameplay. The gameplay is definitely different, but just the the kind of way the third person um, sci fi type stuff. It it does look look interesting. Did it play well? It did. It okay. it it had a few things where I'm like, okay, maybe this could be better but also uh the person working there straight up said yeah this is like more towards the end and you're a basic character so good luck 
So I'm like, okay, that <laughs> it, it might be part of that where like, oh, my stamina, I, I could use more. But then I also found out there were different builds you could choose. So like the one I had, you had a hammer and a sword. And you had more health, less stamina. The another build that uh someone I was with did was less health, more stamina, and you had two swords, like a dual sword. And I'm like, oh, I, would have, I wish I would have with that build. But also, I think that's another part of it. Oh, that's the kind of one I would run. So I wasn't, you know, using my normal setup and such. The next one I want to talk about is called The Last Worker. And actually, this one and the next one I talk about were at the same booth. They were both from Wired Productions, which I, I, I played like all of Wired stuff and I really, really liked it. Um, the Last Worker is a first-person narrative adventure centered around our struggle in an increasingly automated world. Basically, it is a, a narrative puzzle game, you could say. And it recently actually got some voice talent, new voice talent, including Zelda Williams, who is wonderful. Wow. Um, but That's awesome. It, it's got like cheeky humor and that. And I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, that one looks fun. I mean, it kind of looks like a, at least based off the trailer, it looks kind of like a dystopian, like Amazon worker. Yes. Yes, exactly. Kinda, exactly. Kind of got an interesting vibe to it. So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm definitely going to have to keep my eye on. Cause I, I like the gameplay uh, look of it too. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like a portal kind of like, um, uh, what was that game? The witness kind of like, you yes. know, your, your yes. walk around like first person type puzzle game. And I'm, I'm like really into that stuff. So that's one that I'm going to have to keep on my radar. The, the next one might be the most ridiculous game I played at the show. Might be. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. It's called Gory G-O-R-I Cuddly Carnage. And it's basically you are a cat riding a foul-mouthed hoverboard skate it like doing like skateboard stuff but on a hoverboard and killing unicorns like yeah, like violently killing <laughs> like austin you might have to add this and i'm partially sorry but like the first time you see a unicorn like you go up near it you see like a bunch of them and the one unicorn just looks and he goes piss off and then you're like i'm sorry what and then as you chop up the unicorns i'm like let's go and it's just it's so wild but i just had such a blast with it i was laughing the entire time i was enjoying my time with it and it had me going i cannot wait for this full game i will play the crap out of this yeah of everything that you sent me of all the games that you're you're talking about on this episode this was the one trailer where i was like oh my god i have to buy this game when it comes out (laughs) because it's ridiculous it's like somebody was clearly just on something when they wrote this game and 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 made it and i love it it sounds so cool it looks so cool it's very unique um yeah and and the best part is like this the ship has a voice and everything has personality the hoverboard has a voice and personality the cat sounds like normal cat just yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm like okay (laughs) 
but the big one for me is one I've been super excited for already. It's already one of my most anticipated this year, and I got to play it, and I'm even more excited for it. It's called Evil West. A dark menace consumes the old West. In solo or co-op, which I, didn't, I actually forgot about the co-op, fight with style and visceral explosive combat against bloodthirsty monstrosities. Eradicate the vampiric hordes with your lightning-fueled gauntlet and become a Wild West superhero. It's basically supernatural meets Wild West. Um, and I even brought it before. I'm like, it reminds me of Dark Watch. And I was talking to someone, you know, at the booth and that, and they said, well, I mean, some of the Dark Watch devs are on the team. And I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now. What I didn't expect, it plays a lot like Gears of War. Really? Yes. That's um, interesting. I would have not picked that up from the, the trailer. That you yeah, I, I wouldn't have expected it. Like the running and movements are a lot like Gears of War. When what you can do is if you hold left trigger, you have like a rifle you can aim. But if you're close enough to someone, if you just hit right trigger, it'll automatically like will shoot at like you'll aim at who's near you and then get up close. You know, they had Xbox Xbox controller. So you get up close. Right bumper was a melee. And when you melee or shoot them, if you injure them enough and like at the right point, they will start like glowing yellow and stand there. If you melee them at that point, you do like a stylish kill and you get health. Uh, I, I do, you could get money. I don't know what you could do with the money yet. I didn't get to that point. I loved every moment of playing this game. Yeah, this was one that um, I, I guess it was some of the gameplay was revealed at the game awards, but I must have zoned out. Um, cause going back and watching this trailer, it does look very good. Um, it, it, I mean, graphically it looks fantastic. So I, uh, it's, it's what I'm going to have to to pay attention to as well. And certainly knowing now that there's some sort of co-op, I didn't know that. Yeah. Neither um, did I until I like, <laughs> until I, uh, copied the, the <laughs> de- details for this. Yeah. I did not know there was co-op involved. Yeah. And I got this uh, right from the Steam page. Yeah, that's what I'm definitely. I mean that that looks like a true next gen game, like a, or well, I guess I should say current gen at this yeah. point. Uh, two years in, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, graphically, I mean, it looks good, and the gameplay looks very good. So I'm glad to know that it it plays well in person. It it was one of those games that part of me was afraid, and like, do I want to play it? Because what what if I come away from here sad about it? He's like, I mean, sure, I would save my money from buying it, but also. I'd much rather buy it and be sad than play it here and be sad. But like yeah. I came I came away from it like this is great. And e- even they were giving away they're doing like a giveaway at the end of the day. Basically you you would get a message in your email if you won, but you had to be there at 5 to get it and blah. And so like at 5 on Sunday we were there at the booth and we were just watching people uh come to the desk and play in the demo and we were just having fun watching people play it. And I think that speaks volumes about the game because I, I will say it has it does have like a souls like quality just to like the, the boss was hard. Um, I was trying. I I was having a rough time with it, um, but like the boss was hard. But it was it, it was so fun to watch. And I think maybe that like toughness was part of it because you know, we're oh, this person knows what he's doing. He's going through shooting. Okay, yeah, there's definitely someone who is like from the team, 
team or from the studio that's played the game a lot. And it, I cannot wait for this game. So is this supposed to release this year? Do you know? Yes. Um, to the best of my knowledge, all five of these are releasing this year. Uh, like I said, Have a Nice Death is in early access right now. And Dolmen releases on everything May 20th. So but, that's pretty soon. Yeah. yeah all, all of these games, all five of those games are ones that had me saying, I will, I will end up getting on day one. Even Dolmen comes out way too soon for me to want to get, get it day <laughs> one. I'm going, I'm going to get it. But the last thing I want to talk about, and actually I, I didn't even think of this at first, were, how do, how do I want to say it? The night excursions? Yeah. So every night they have concerts or something else. So the first night we didn't go because there was just... So one of the like acts that they had there is called the NPC Collective. And it's a collective for like uh, blacks and persons of color basically to do a giant, like, giant thing together. Um, and we had a, such a hard time looking stuff up. So, like, I looked up the website and, like, it just, it showed pictures of everybody, but just didn't have any of their names. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, I don't know how to. So we just didn't go the first night. The second night, uh, we went and they had Videri String Quartet, who was awesome. Uh, they, they did super good. And at one point, they even, um, they played a song that it was from a Russian composer, but, the the sentiment of the song made was like screw war and screw uh like this government and everything like that so like wow. they did that in honor of ukraine and everything and then and i never saw it coming the music gets down and all of a sudden you hear it and i'm like this is one winged angel <laughs> no, i did not see that coming but they were super good they did like near automata music um they did music from A Plague Tale Innocence, which, if anybody knows, that game is like near and dear to my heart. So they were really good. And then some more of the NPC Collective came on. And we're like, we'll stay. We'll you know, check it out and such. That was pretty good. Uh, the per the one per like main person who was performing, his name was Kadesh Flow. He, he was pretty good. I cannot remember the names of the other guys with him. But like the one song was all about my girlfriend wants to have sex with me, but I just want her to go to bed so I can play games. <laughs> and literally like the, the end chorus of the song or the end of the chorus was just PlayStation go beep. Oh my God. And like the one person saying about, uh, the Uchiha clan. That was what one of the songs was about. And I was looking up some more of Kadesh flow stuff. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he has a song about demon slayer. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it was really cool. The, the biggest surprise, though, on Saturday night, for the first time, they have been at PAX every year. But for the first time, we sat and watched the Acquisitions, Inc. Dungeons & Dragons show. And that may have been one of the funniest things I have ever seen. So what is, that's interesting. I've never heard of this. What is it? So... It's just they have up on the stage, they have a table and the one person is the DM and they wow. had four people from Acquisitions Inc. come out along with special guests for the show, one Xavier Woods. Really? Yes. 
That's awesome. They they just did a short two and a half hour D and D campaign, and it was so funny. Like I was in tears laughing at one point. Uh, I I don't know if like I think the one person and Xavier Woods were supposed to be like married in game or something like that, but apparently like her like her deity is the god Lathander. <laughs> And all the time, everyone would just be like, Lathander, god of death. And she's like, no, 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 rebirth, rebirth. God of pregnancy. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and then like just the entire the entire time, it will he would always be like, Lathander, god of time. And just like all just all this stuff. And at one point, he just starts singing Alethander Hamilton. <laughs> I was in tears. And then they all just started making up lyrics from Hamilton to go along with it. And I was dying. Oh man, the one person such a good time. Apparently, the one person, like two people, are like father and daughter in the game or something like that. But they like run a business, so this whole time they're like, "Wait, wait, wait!" So you're saying time is stopping? But here's the bad thing: time is money. Does that mean money has stopped too? We need to fix this. <laughs> and it was just so so good. I I lost it so much. It has become a staple. We all agreed. We're like, yeah, we're watching this every single year. Yeah, if they're there um, every year, that yeah, that sounds like a must must go. I highly highly recommend. Be stream stay up for two weeks on Twitch. Highly recommend. Go to the uh, Twitch main or yeah, the uh, Pax main Twitch and go back and watch that night. It was so funny and originally we were going to go to an after party that night but we just got so sucked into that yeah why even leave if you're like so enthralled and having a great time kind of happy we didn't go to the after party because on twitter i saw someone else who was there and they said the line to get in was like two hours uh so yeah uh, i'm glad we uh didn't go that route yeah but pax was fantastic oh i tried poutine for the first time oh yeah What'd you think? I'm not big on cheese curds, but the really? rest of it, fantastic. Yeah. I, I've only had it once and I thought it was great. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've never been like super big on cheese. Yeah. So I, I kind of figured that, but it was good. It was really good. <laughs> but no, PAX was fantastic. And I'm already so excited to get ready for next year. Yeah, I need to I I mean I need to go back at some point now that I've actually got like a disposable income compared to when I was and like 18 or uh, whenever. One thing I've decided, one of my goals is I would like to be on a panel for Paxi sometime. I bet you can do that. So, I was thinking sometime we should see about getting a panel together. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. Great idea. Um, I, just, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and I was just going to say for for listeners' sake, the five games that Elijah talked about, I'm going to put in our ep- or our description for this episode. I'm going to put in the the names of each of them, and then the link next to each of them for the trailer um, that Elijah sent me. That way, if you're at all interested in any of them, which I highly encourage you to go watch, watch uh, some Gory. Of those trailers. If anything, yeah. watch yeah. the trailer for Gory. You will never be the same. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the cool thing about PAX is it's like a great kind of discovery. Oh, yeah. 
place for discovering games and stuff and finding out new games you either one didn't know of or two had heard of but weren't fully invested in until playing it and and seeing it and um that's one of the coolest things oh, about packs that, for sure. Uh that's one other thing I wanted to bring up that I completely forgot. Lines this time weren't bad at all. I would say the two games that had the biggest lines were both at the focus booth and one was Evil West it took us about an hour and the other one I didn't get in line for was TMNT Shredder's Revenge. And I think they looked like the biggest lines in the place. Wow. And so an hour is not bad. Yeah, no, that's not bad at all. Because I'm pretty sure I waited in one that was like two hours when I was when I was there in 2014. Like, and I'll never forget when The Last of Us was first coming out. The line was two hours. And then there was a two hour line to get into the line. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, let's not. The show, the show <laughs> is open for eight hours a day. That's literally half the day. No. And so like the lines were much more manageable this year, which is great. No, that is good. That is good. So, but well, cool. Yeah, that was PAX. Well, there you have it. Um, briefly, before we wrap up the episode, we've got another little topic we wanted to hit on last week didn't have time so we figured we'd bring it back for this one which is our review kind of of sonic the hedgehog 2 the movie which has been out for a couple weeks now what i figured we would do is start with like non-spoiler yeah like what we thought and then go into you know before we end anybody wants to turn it off ken but full spoilers yeah that's perfectly fine um i saw it i guess the opening weekend i didn't see it opening night but i saw it that that weekend when it released and uh, Elijah, I think you saw it around the same time yes. frame, if I'm remembering correctly. What did you What did you think of of Sonic the Hedgehog two? Honestly, I thought the movie was fantastic, and I I think one of the big differences is Sonic one was a family movie that had Sonic in it. Sonic two was a Sonic movie that happened to be for the family. Yeah, and I think that was the big thing. They didn't shy away from all this different stuff from the Sonic universe. And it made it so much fun because it, it, it didn't, it didn't make itself too grounded, which I I think that was one of the big things with the first movies. It felt so grounded for most of it. And then all of a sudden the fight with Robotnik comes up at the end. I'm like, this came out of nowhere kind of. Yeah. The second was so good. I thought the writing was better. The portrayals were Idris Elba. Oh my god. Right? He was so good. I was not, I mean, <laughs> I, I knew it was that coming. The casting was ridiculous, but honestly, he kind of nailed it. Like I actually thought it was phenomenal the way he portrayed that character. And and even there's a B plot in the movie which we'll talk about in yeah. spoilers yeah. that it was like it didn't need to be in there. But also, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was going to say it didn't need to be there, but it was kind of interesting and random, but also like crazy so i kind of well, liked it. <laughs> it, it 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 brought in another part from the sonic universe yeah but i thought that was where it was going to end but it didn't and i'm like i like these characters so yeah, yeah. i want to see how this plays out anyhow you do you yeah i uh i thought it was great and i i liked the first one i i wouldn't say that i loved it i thought it was like a good movie i still think it's like one of the better video game movies i've seen um, and I'd still say it's worth watching. But like you said, I, I feel like that movie is much more aimed at like the younger audience, whereas this one, not that it's not, 
there's just a lot more to it. And I think um, yes. it really, there's something about it, I guess, with the just the sheer number of references and like little things that are hidden throughout this film that make it feel more like it was also aimed at like our generation, you know, the, the 25 to 35 year old, you know, people that, that played Sonic growing up as a kid and whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I adored Sonic too, actually. Like if I, I'm not going to have a chance, but if I could, I would probably go see it again. In the oh theater. yeah, absolutely. Um, which I really don't do that for many movies, but I, I just thought it was super well-crafted and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually kind of cared about the human characters. I really didn't yeah. care about them in the first movie, um, but they they kind of gave them some more some more motivation and stuff, and and definitely a lot more interesting, I'd say, uh, yeah. writing wise. And I think that's the big thing with it is the writing for. I, I just feel like it was better in the second movie overall. Yeah, because I feel like they had a clearer vision of what they wanted to do. And I, f- I feel like the first one, they just didn't have that. I think the big thing for me with the first one is, yeah, it was a good movie, but if you were going for a Sonic movie, that wasn't it. And it, was like, it, it. It was, like you said, it was a kid's movie. But this new one, kids will like it. If you like Sonic, you'll like it. It has jokes in there that has me going, oh, a kid would not get that, but I laughed. Yes. Like, it it, this movie really did stick the landing spot for so many different demographics, basically. And I'm like for those demographics. Yeah. Um, should we just hit spoilers? Cause I, I think I'm ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So for those listening, um, we're probably just going to wrap it up after this. So if you want to just turn us off right now, you're, you're good to do so. So, um, Elijah, what did you think about three, two, one, Austin? I am so sorry. Shadow the Hedgehog. (laughs) I was freaking. The people cheering in my theater were little kids and me. (laughs) If anybody knows, Shadow is my favorite character. Oh, yeah. So when that after credit scene started up and they're like, you know, the program's been dead for 50 years. And I'm like. No, oh, I knew it. I knew it instantaneously. I was like, oh my no. god, no way. And then it starts to show the capsule <laughs> as you see part of the foot, and I'm like <laughs> My niece was laughing at me. <laughs> because of how I, uh, well, no, there was there was a kid behind us that like started going nuts. He was like, oh, Shadow's my favorite character. There were so, so many people cheering in my theater. Yeah. On a Sunday it, afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it was like a Saturday afternoon for us. It was like two o'clock. Like it was not like primetime showing. So um, but in that same vein, that same thing happened when Supersonic happened, yes. which like still that was like just a hype moment. Like I, I don't know. I I feel like I wasn't fully expecting them to do it, even though the the Master Emerald was in the film. I was like, you know, I I just there's no way they're gonna do this. I've heard so many people did. people say that's what they thought. They're like, oh, there's no way they're gonna do it. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that when that moment happened, the same kid behind me, he's started, he was like quietly saying like, yes, 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 like during the middle of the movie. And normally I'm so bothered by stupid kids talking in the middle of films, but that was just so heartwarming. And Um, I I did not expect them to go the full like robot. (laughs) I can't remember what it's called, but like the Robotnik. Yeah. uh, uh, Like the the mech suit. The mech suit. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. I can't either. And like, like we were saying, there are so many references. So like when Sonic is trying to get Knuckles from underwater, 
mm-hmm. and he goes and he like slurps the air bubble. Yep. Apparently that's from like Sonic X or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's so many like deep cut references to Sonic that like they didn't hold back. There's a lot of great ones. I mean, even you know, that subplot we were talking about, the wedding subplot, I'm yes. assuming is what you're talking yes, about. Absolutely. And um, you know, even in that they introduced Gun, which yes. was from Sonic Adventure 2, which relates to Shadow. So it's like, man, they're really making some deep cuts here. And then on top of that, my favorite one, I don't know why I love this one so much, but it was so like just nonchalant. I think it's at the end when, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it's when the mech suit is there and Tails like is flying with Knuckles, but he's like, you're so heavy. Yeah, that's like a reference to how in the games, Tails can't really pick up Knuckles. Like that's just like a thing in the games. And so I just love that reference. Also, while we're at it, yeah. the, the whole wedding thing. I should not have cared, but at the end, I'm like, you go kick his ass. <laughs> and like, it, it's so funny because Shamar Moore, I, I've watched him so many years in Criminal Minds. Right. Yeah. And so like knowing it's him, like, oh, haha. And then like this whole thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, he really does care about her. I'm like, why do I care? Like it, it, it just had me like. It was funny enough that it had me wanting more of that. I'm like, I shouldn't. It's a Sonic movie. Yeah, and I thought it was entertaining enough. Like, normally I'd be so annoyed that it's, like, derailing from Sonic and Knuckles and Tails or whatever's happening. But I actually thought it was pretty entertaining. I know a lot of people have kind of complained about it, but I thought it it worked pretty well. I mean, it maybe went on a little long at at parts, but I thought it was still really... Uh, comedic and yeah. um, I don't know I, I, I saw the value in it personally so oh, I agree like I so I, I, at first I thought it was just oh this they're going to introduce gun this way and then I kept going on and then I had the thing where like she was going after him is this a gun I don't know <laughs> and I'm like okay <laughs> but no please go on <laughs> yeah um, yeah I just I, I love that movie and um uh, there's just so many references. I can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray and digital and like have people comb through it. Yeah. Find, like, all the little things. Um, like I didn't, even, I don't know how I didn't realize this, but there's the part where he's Sonic and tails. They're up on the, like in the snow area on that mountain mm-hmm. and he like gets hit or something and all his rings fall out. Yes. And apparently it makes like the noise of yes, the rings it does. of him getting hit in the game. Yep. And I just didn't notice that watching the movie. So I'm excited to, to go back and see and, and hear some of that stuff once people are able to sit through and and frame by frame figure everything out. I lost it when Sodic mentioned the rivalry between Vin Diesel and The Rock. Yes. I (laughs) was in tears laughing. Oh, hold on. I have one more too. Did you notice the very obvious John Ralphio reference where Sonic was sitting on the couch and he's like, it's the word or whatever and it's like oh me and andy just looked at each other i read an article about that um they because they were trying to get the rights to all these different movies and weren't sure like what they would be able to get the rights for so they just did take after take after take until eventually they're like the like the like makers of the movie said what if we just do the john ralphio the worst because it would stick for any movie and he's like i mean i can do it (laughs) so I love that. That was the one where I just totally didn't see that coming. And the Vin Diesel thing was amazing, too. So that, many good references. That movie had no right to be as good as it was. And yeah. like I said, I one of the things I loved about it is it didn't shy away from these deep cut references. Yeah, it just it went full in just because it handled them in a way like, for example, the Sonic taking in the air bubble. 
I would have never known that's from Sonic X if somebody hadn't told me. But also, I'm like, oh, that's a very Sonic thing. It it fit in without me needing to know the background. And that's it. Like, the stuff was so well done in that fashion. Yeah. To the point where I'm not worried about Sonic 3 or the Knuckles show. I'm I'm excited for him. Bring him on. I was going to say, the Knuckles show could be pretty exciting. I mean, just kind of knowing where... Um story-wise like some of knuckles background and stuff that they kind of set up in like sonic adventure yeah. and sonic adventure 2 there's some pretty interesting things they could do with his character and i mean they even allude to it in the movie um with some of his past in in sonic 2 but i mean same thing with three i i'm i i am just over the moon to see shadow the hedgehog in a <laughs> in Me a movie too. like i just i couldn't believe it and I- it's this, gonna be so cool that's not something i literally ever thought would happen yeah and like you know we've seen crazy video game movies but for some reason never have i ever thought we would see shadow the hedgehog yeah no i was convinced if they were going to do anything at the end of this movie i was convinced it was going to be metal sonic and that, i that, was like you know that just progression wise that makes sense yeah i heard a lot of people say they're expecting metal sonic yeah but this i mean I think they made the right choice. I think Shadow is like the much more beloved character. And I agree. And it's, it's very exciting. And I figure, you know, there's there they there's still a way they could add Metal Sonic in too and have him be like one of the like not shown in commercials, here he comes things. Yeah. No, absolutely. I just I, I cannot wait to watch this movie again. I will be getting it the day it comes out. Yeah, for sure. I I I will absolutely be getting it as well so 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 good so well, there good. there you have it there's our thoughts and spoiler spoiler uh filled thoughts on on sonic the hedgehog 2 and there's frame skip 97 so thank you all for listening of course you can find us all um on twitter and instagram facebook at frame skip pod you can send us in questions or comments or reactions or anything uh regarding the show to bit.ly slash frameskip q that's b-i-t dot l-y slash frameskip q we're all individually on twitter elijah is at local lizard man he's also on twitch at local lizard man he, he streams there very frequently so go follow him on both twitch and twitter i am at austin j eller and then our folks who aren't here tonight george is at purplebird616. He, of course, also has a comic book podcast, Short Box Summary. You can check that out uh, pretty much wherever you get frame skip. You can also find that info on his Twitter, like I said, purplebird616. And then Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. So that should do it for this week, guys. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with some more gaming goodness. Until next time, adios. <laughs>